Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin. With me today, I have Mike Sicaranza. He is the CEO of Affinity Wealth Management, where they focus on helping small businesses and corporate executives make better choices with their money. I have Philip Tate. He's a communications consultant doing brand building, strategic communications, and marketing based in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I have Sarah Oblick Spiker. She's a former international athlete, a life coach, remote operations specialist, and transformational expert. The question I have for you today, when you are an expert, you make things look easy. How do you explain value when a client sees that something is easy for you? Robin, I'm going to start you off with a word of the day, okay? It's called sprezzatura. <laughs> it's an Italian word. Merriam-Webster defines it as graceful conduct or performance without apparent effort, which I thought was perfect for what you were asking about. So it says the trained observer sees sprezzatura as a sign that the individual has attained such a level of mastery that he is able to make difficult things look easy. People think about it a lot in terms of fashion, somebody who looks very put together and, oh, they must have just thrown that on. But I would say as it relates to my business as a communications consultant, I'm selling expertise, not really an hourly rate. Mm -hmm. You know, writing a client press release or a blog post or something like that may have only taken me one hour, but it took me 30 years of practice to do it quickly and to get it right. So mm -hmm. there's value in that expertise. Back on that, um, actually, kind of a three-layer answer. Uh, the first one, I keep reminding myself of when I first started out in my business. I know I was nickel and dime for twenty dollars an hour stuff, and I kept trying to articulate like, why do I deserve? Because these are the expertise, these are the outcomes that you want. But once I moved to twenty thousand dollar packages, those were the easiest. Yes, because it was entirely different market. No one questioned expertise or like, this is what I want. As a client, they valued the time and sanity. And I was like, sure, just do whatever you need to do. Let me know how much I owe you. And that was it. And what also comes to mind is, uh, like Philip, you said, you know, in our line of work, we sell expertise. And I work with a lot of business owners or even middle management who have been told for so long, you're worth X, Y, Z based on, you know, the time on a spreadsheet or whatever. What comes the easiest to you is what you should charge the most for has been one of the quotes that I've seen. And it has been life-changing for many of those individuals who now finally see themselves in a different light. And to finally bring it all around, I would also add just that if anybody's arguing about the price or tr wants you to justify they're just probably not the right client for you. Showing value is really a twofold process or a threefold process. First, it's asking great questions yeah. and getting to understand, you, know, you don't have to like give your resume in order to show that, that what you do is valuable. The second is being a good listener and being not only asking the questions, but not have the second question already queued up in your head but actually listen to what that person who's relying on your expertise uh, actually says. Um, one of my consultants that I've worked with for a really long time uses the process, tell, show, do. You tell them what you're going to do. You show them that you're going to, you know, how you do it. And then you simply just do it. And if you kind of combine those three things together, plus asking good questions, showing value is not an issue. Hmm. I love the point that you made, Sarah, that, when you work with people who don't have money, they're going to nickel and dime you and want the world. 
when you work with people who just want the value because they want to move on with their lives, they're able to just say, yeah, I'll pay you whatever, just make this problem go away. And part of it is, I think we've all realized it, you have to find the right market for what you're offering. In my experience, it, ha it hasn't always been people who have or don't have money because that's none of my concern mm. you know, to judge if somebody does or does not have it. And when I did, it would be somebody who on the outside would have all the status symbols, but they would still try to squeeze the most. And I was just listening to an interview with somebody yesterday, how they built their multi-million dollar company. And they were so proud to say, you know, just reach out to people and bring them in and they will work for you for free just for the experience. And I thought to myself, whoa, time out, excuse me. No. <laughs> so there is a fine line right there. I, I've been offered a lot of free speaking gigs in my life and they, they offer exposure. And I have this line where I say exposure is what you put on your death certificate when you die outside, not how you pay your mortgage. And if I am not willing to work for exposure, I certainly would never ask someone to work for me for exposure. I'm in the financial services industry and I can't tell you how many free internships I see and people will take it because, you know, especially if you're coming from a place of inequality, they will take it because they need the experience to get ahead or just be on the same playing field as other people, right? Mm -hmm. I, to me, you always pay people. If, you, if you're good enough to be here, we're going to pay you. Yeah. Well, one of my biggest pet peeves in the communications business is horrible about this. And I started in my career in sports marketing and PR, and they're the worst uh, because they figure, well, I got 500 people lined up at the door who would do this job for free. And it's just like, we have to pay uh, people for internships. We have to pay people, you know, a competitive wage at entry level. I mean, that's part of, of building the expertise that we know is so important. And that's about understanding value. If you want to get paid for your value, you need to compensate other people for their value as well. If someone is trying to get something for free, run. Don't try to, don't try to explain to them, oh, but I'm worth this, or this is why you should pay me. If someone wants some, something for free, let them find someone who will do that for them. Because I had someone say to me once he wanted to work with me, ask me about how it looked like to work with me. I explained it to him. He said, well, I was only looking to pay X an hour. And I was like, there are people who will work with you for that. That is not me. And he said, but I can't get your expertise for that. And I said, exactly. It's all about the expertise and there's value in that expertise. And we need to always remember that because I think it is easy to, for folks to boil everything that we do down to an hourly rate or how many hours is this going to take you? Can you get that done in a week? It's all about value. And for us, what we're selling it's expertise. Not only do we need to add value, but we have like regulatory requirements to show that we're adding value. There's a lot of fee shaming in my industry, even though there's someone might have a year's worth of experience versus 30 years for experience. Somehow there's some equivalency that is going on. On the opposite side of the equation, I think a lot of people have imposter syndrome and they're mm -hmm. afraid to charge. They're afraid to charge what they're actually worth mm -hmm. because they're afraid of the rejection because they've never either dealt with rejection before or they don't want to deal with that feeling. So they will discount what they do. That's such a great point, because if you're going to explain value, you have to believe you have value. And then you have to stick to your guns and say, I have value. And if this isn't what you're willing to pay for, then you need to find someone else. I'm not that person. And hey, I've been there. I've been in a place where I've like, I've got to pay my bills. And I had someone once tell me he wanted to take my hourly rate and cut it into 15 minutes chunks and talk to me for 15 minutes and pay for that. And at first, early on in my career, I let him do that. 
And you know what ended up happening? Those 15 minutes never were 15 minute calls, but he wanted to pay for 15 minutes. Yeah. And also the line of work that we do, it's not hourly. It sometimes it can take years to get the transformation, to get the outcome. Marketing also, it's a lot of trial and error. It's filling the market before you get that feedback. It takes time. Personally, I find it easiest to really try to base the fees on the outcome, the value of the outcome for the client. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the three of you have probably heard me say, working by the hour is a conflict of interest. Because if I'm working by the hour, of course, I want to take as long as possible. And if you're paying me by the hour, you want me to get it done as quickly as possible. That's a complete conflict of interest. And that's why I stopped working by the hour. I don't think it's a good model. Put another way, Robin, you don't hire a kid to mow your grass by the hour because no one wants to see him go that slow. I wonder, though, what's the, on the contrary, like, how do we cap or keep things ethical because it's so easy to still for things to get out of hand as we saw over the years when the demand is high especially in what we call free market how do you keep that balance then i think it's about the relationship like most things are i think Mm -hmm. you've got to have a trusting relationship or develop that trust so that you both can assess where you are regular check-ins checking in on a depending on the engagement quarterly monthly every other week whatever to see how we're doing make sure that neither one of us is getting killed in the agreement. That also brings more value and brings more emphasis around the expertise that you're selling and that what hopefully they're paying for. Well, I think also ultimately too, right? If you're so far at the other end where you're the most expensive uh, player in the game, you're also right for disruption. There's someone who might create equal value who can do it better. So you always got to be aware of what the market, define that however you'd like is dictating. Yep, exactly. Well, that is our 10 minute conversation. I think it was valuable and I knew the three of you would help me very much with this. So thank you so much. And I look forward to speaking to you each again very soon.